Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Episode 82, Colonel Clyde Warner, Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission. On this Warden's Watch, we are with Colonel Clyde Warner, Jr., who is the director of Waterways Conservation Officers, but also Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission. And I read your patch instead of reading your title. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, uh, that's that's a mouthful. And it's actually the first time I've seen the Waterways Conservation Officer. I, I really like that term. Uh, that, that's great. A lot of people nationwide don't know that in Pennsylvania, there's a division between fish and game, which is very unique. It, it is. I, I'm, I think we're one of the few states that have that division anymore. Basically, our primary function is f- fishing, boating, and environmental enforcement, whereas the Pennsylvania Game Commission deals with the hunting aspect. Uh, our officers are cross-trained and can enforce that code as well, uh, as are the Game Commission officers. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a you know, unique setup. It is very unique setup, just because doing fishing game my whole career. And, and first of all, Clyde, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit down with Warden's Watch and do this podcast because it's a 
I, I think it's pretty important, A, to let people know what's going on. Other officers around the country really enjoy knowing the little differences here and there. I, I think. I do. Oh, I do as well. I mean, I, I think it's always always nice to see how other states are doing things. And sometimes you can, you know, you can always learn from others. So it's a good thing. Right. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind as another officer is a fishing game officer. Uh, do I check, if I'm a game officer, do I check fishing licenses or I don't? Or as a waterway conservation officer, if I see something on roadside, do I drive by? No. So uh, we're, we're cross-trained. Um, basically, uh, you know, our season, our busy season start end of February. We start stocking. We stock a ton of trout in, in Pennsylvania, uh, like 3.2 million. Hmm. So our officers are busy stocking with, with trout season. We move into the boating season. So our busy season starts to wind down right around when hunting season starts to pick up. Hmm. So we'll have game commission, well, game wardens come out and help us with, with our duties, as well as, you know, our officers will help them during the hunting season. And we certainly encourage that. Once again, it's. I think right now we have a great relationship with the Game Commission. Uh, just yeah, it, it sounds like a symbiotic relationship, basically. It, it really is. I mean, and most of our officers, you know, we have some of the guys that like to hunt take a lot of leave that time of year mm -hmm. for the most part, me being one of them. Yeah. I uh, spent a lot of time up in your neck of the woods there, uh, bird hunting. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it's, it's you know, we help each other out when we can. There's truly no slow season. Uh, it slows down, but... Uh, I think we work well together and complement each other well. No, for sure. I, I think it does. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to, to hear that. And one thing, you know, as a game warden, I stocked fish too. And you guys actually do the physical stocking as well. We do. Yeah. And, and like I said, we do stock a lot of fish depending on the county. Mm -hmm. um, but officers can, in some cases, stock almost every day preseason, which can run from, you know, the latter part of February to, to early April. And then we kick off with our in-season stockings, which... We'll run into, you know, mid to late May. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, of course, water temperatures, we, we, we stop, and then we, we'll pick up some stockings again in the fall. Uh, but, yeah, we do, a, we do a lot of trout stocking in some counties. Which is, uh, it's great that you're focused in on that because as a game warden, I stocked fish as well. But with search and rescue and turkey hunting in the spring, there, it just, it, it became, because we never had turkey hunting when game warden stocked fish. Turkeys came into the scenario uh, and, and search and rescue picked up in my area. Mm. So you, it was just crazy. Sometimes you'd schedule these and there's only so many trucks and so many days and so many officers are trying to get these trucks to stock fish. We would get busy with a turkey case or called out on a search and rescue and we were constantly canceling loads and rescheduling. And to, to be that one of your core things is, is, is really good. It, it is, and I think you know a lot of a lot of the areas we're stocking in. You know, the populations we get a lot of. You know, our our stockings are for the most part all announced. Mm -hmm. So at times we get a lot of followers. Uh, obviously, you know, one of our priorities is safety. We want to make sure everybody stays safe. So we, you know, unless it's a lake or a very rare circumstance, we we have policies in place that outline what type of traffic control we would need to make sure everybody, mm. uh, not just the public but the officers as well as the, the hatchery staff, remains safe. So that's that's kind of our primary function. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are those days when the weather may not be so nice and nobody shows up to help them, and you know the officers are carrying a lot of buckets by themselves too. So, yeah, uh, just just depends on the scenario. Right, and you brought up a good point that has become a real issue probably in the last ten years with car accidents and stocking fish. Yeah, so we've had we've been relatively lucky. We have had a couple incidents, but you know, thankfully nobody seriously hurt. Great. Um, you know, you, of course, you, you see the accidents along the interstate, and you always get mm. that rubber necking, and that kind of happens at times 
we're on a busy roadway stocking fish and you know, people just aren't paying attention. And like I said, for the most part, we've been. Well, they want to see how lucky. big those fish are that you're stocking. Because <laughs> that's what I would be doing. I'd that's, be like, uh, what, what kind of fish are they stocking? It's, it's always the number one question. How big is the biggest fish on a truck? You know, how big yeah. are they? So, uh, but no, our hatchery staff does a great job. And like I said, we put a lot of fish out there. So that, that takes a big chunk of our officer's time. And then, of course, during that closed period, you know, obviously we're patrolling the waters to make sure nobody's taking taking them before the season as mm. well. So. Uh, busy time of year, definitely. Yeah, those hatchery workers are really the unsung heroes and the cog that makes uh, stocking work nationwide. Yeah, you know, I, I I I would invite anybody. We have a lot of hatcheries that are given the, the you know standards with COVID here, but generally open for tours. Mm-hmm. If anybody has the opportunity to go into the, you know one of the hatcheries and see what they do on a daily basis, it, it's really a cool process. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's it's fish farming at its its best. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, which is especially when you're dealing with millions. Hmm. Uh, millions of fish, like I said, 3.2 roughly a million wow. a year we stock. So and that's what you stock, but you, you have to keep you know, others to breed, to strip, to, yep. uh, there's such a process. And you're right. If, if anybody hasn't been to a fish hatchery, you need to go, you need to take a tour. And then, yeah, I think those guys are the unsung heroes. They're very hard workers. They're very passionate about what they do. They, they really are. And they, they produce a great product here in PA. Hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and these, these guys are also the same ones driving the trucks and putting in the gosh 12 14 hour days on the road yeah to, to travel across the state and get the fish stocked and then get back and then get up the next day and do it all over again they put a lot of hours in as well i mean yeah it's, it's a busy time for the agency in general yeah i think sometimes the conservation officer is the focus of the public's view but they don't understand the, all the cogs that make that work and, and i'm okay with that i like taking the <laughs> the limelight mind you but uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> there's a lot of support out there whether it's fish hatchery people biologists and yep. it, it, it's a big team and your director said that today and i, I you know as soon as he said that, that that just made me appreciate him all that much more because it's a team effort, and I, I love to hear that. And it's every every cog, it, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Absolutely, and you know we try to work well, and we do work well with all the other bureaus, whether mm. it's fisheries, the bi- you know the the hatcheries, the the biologists, like you indicated. Uh, yeah, you know, but to have specialty, I mean, just boat operation in itself. If you're if you you know if we had people that aren't the greatest at boat operation because they didn't do it a lot. Sure. When you have an operator that's that's proficient, especially like in a search and rescue mission on the water, yep. it's that's essential because they can put other lives, including yours, in, in risk if they're not a good operator. Sure. So we, we've uh, one of the things we've changed here is we, we just got our accreditation through NASBLA, and we're, we're starting to train our officers in, in some of the NASBLA programs. Boat Could you op- tell what NASBLA is? Sure. Just so National State Boating Law Administrators, and they have a great course and pretty much tied that into our training school now so the cadets will get that as they go through the school but we also have other uh, checks in place now all officers will be required to do certain functions during the course of the year keep a checklist to, to maintain the accreditation and, and it's it's actually very satisfying to watch somebody come into the training school that maybe messed around with kayaks or canoes a little bit but then you're throwing them into a 24 foot mm. boat with a 200 200 horsepower engine on it so uh, watch them progress, and and you can see the day one, day two, and as they become more comfortable, that stress that relieves uh, off their face, and 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 just watch them yeah. mold themselves into a heck of an operator. We have some some great ones out there right now. So I I, I just said it on another podcast that that I was on Pursuit Outdoors that some of the most tension I've ever had is operating a boat in bad weather. It was on Lake Superior, mind you, 
but I can just, I can still feel that tension when I talk about it because you have to be so focused on what seems to be nothing, a wave in front of you, you're surfing, you're surfing up, you're surfing down. And then to operate in heavy winds, uh, you just have that focus and it's a different type of tension that I've ever experienced. And you're so, you're just so focused at the weather and the wind to to operate a boat in in adverse conditions is very difficult. It really is. And uh, you, you know, Pennsylvania has a lot of unique waterways. At Lake, you go over everything from Lake Erie to, to a lot of our small state park lakes mm. and the major rivers. A lot of people don't take the uh, the rivers seriously at times. And of course, there's, there's some right. serious currents there that uh, the, the lower part of the De- Delaware is even in the tidal section. It's a whole other animal. So yeah. uh, you're right. There's a lot of challenges and, and it takes a few years for the officers to become comfortable. And if they're in that district for a few years, it's, it's, it's really satisfying to see you know where they start it and where they end up mm. yeah. and some of the other divisions you have w- within i know you were talking about chart and some other maybe your covert operations and things like that yeah so we you know we had we've always done that to some degree mm-hmm. uh, kind of more of a part-time program uh, up until the last year uh, where we uh, recognize that uh, right now in pennsylvania there it's there's some serious issues with you know, the black market selling of reptiles and amphibians. So we, we've been able to implement a program where we have three individuals that are dedicated just to that. Hmm. Uh, it's been very successful uh, to this point. It, you know, it targets other areas. We have a issue at times with guiding uh, people that may not have guide licenses and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it primarily focuses on the illegal reptile trade. And they've been very successful to this point. Year one down, I you know, bigger and better as we move forward but it's uh once again a lot of what we do will bleed over with the game commission you mm-hmm. know if they're if there's stuff in illegal reptiles amphibians a lot of times it does bleed over into wildlife as well so mm-hmm. i'll work closely with them as well on that as well as surrounding states a lot of this stuff doesn't just stay in pennsylvania uh, there's right. a lot of interstate traffic as well yeah no that symbiotic relationship just bends over and that you know you get resources on both sides i think that's that's an awesome Awesome way to go about yep. it and to be able to specialize in something and use those expertise is, yeah. is really nice because uh, most game wardens are jack of all trades, master of none, so to speak. <laughs> and some of us are, you know, focus on certain areas and become at, at better at those areas, but we, we can't be at the best all the time, and even I, though we try. <laughs> and, and I think that's one of the, you know, one of the benefits of having the, the split agencies here in Pennsylvania can focus on fishing and boating and, and we mm. do a lot of environmental enforcement where, as you indicated a lot of times you maybe couldn't focus as much or on the fishing aspect because turkey season was in and you get a call to go somewhere yeah. else we're able to i think in pennsylvania we're, we're lucky that we can each focus on our on our individual task and it, i think it, in the long run it's better for the sportsman yeah and when you have to prioritize those things some people don't understand the prioritization and how you have to do it exactly no it's 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 difficult at times to do those so no that's great that you divide that up anything else you want to share because this is some interviews with some of your officers but i always like starting at the top sure i found it kind of relaxes officers uh when when the when the chief is in the talking on the the podcast i I know did a a podcast with josiah town and he's got a great personality as everybody's seen on northwood's law and i didn't get that during the podcast i got yes sir no sir very (laughs) like him and as soon as we shut off the mic he starts cracking jokes and i'm like that's the josiah town i wanted (laughs) so i I, shortly thereafter i interviewed the colonel and everybody kind of relaxed a little about uh yeah we got we got the blessings the colonel's been on wayne's show then i guess we we can do it it, yeah no i mean you know i just i can't say enough about the staff that works 
Yeah. Uh, with with me, I mean, we got great people. Mm. Um, super proud. Like I indicated earlier, you know, we uh, we're hoping to get back. We've had a lot of field vacancies, so it's as as I know it is all across the country. It's very difficult right now from a mm. recruitment standpoint. One of the things that we've we've kind of tried or, or getting into here is just forming a recruitment team. Yes. Uh, to try to help with that. In, you know, in conjunction working with the state police and some, they've had recruiters for years. Mm-hmm. So that that's something new that we're trying. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see our, our recruitment numbers are certainly much lower than they, they were back when, you know, right. we all started. Yeah. Uh, but they'll get a fair number of applicants. We have a class in right now that will graduate in June. Uh, we're doing backgrounds on the next class already. Candidate pool is is not very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're looking to hire a, a full class as well. So we should be back to full complement in the field. But the goal here is to to just keep. You know, we got a lot of older officers yet. That right. there's a lot of retirements coming down the pike as well. So yeah, yeah. Like, and we talked off off mic earlier. I mean, yeah. I still smile every day. I got the best job in the world. I just can't believe I get paid to do this. Some days. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been very blessed. It's been a great career doing this probably over 30 years from the time I started as a, as a deputy worked my way up, you know, pretty much through every position in the agency. And it's, I'm just super blessed. I mean, I, I can, I can talk all day about how lucky I've been and you know, what it's done for my family and the flexibility with our job. It's allowed me to get to the school functions with the kids and anybody that's looking for something outdoors and likes to hunt and fish is, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. In my opinion. And those testimonials, I think, are going to inspire this next generation. Yep. We may not have the numbers we, that we had when we yep. came on, but I think the quality is going to be there. And, yep. that, and that's what I'm seeing, you know, on the college level, yep. that, that people want to do that. I've got five students now there that, that, that are top-notch. Yeah. Where they're going to land, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd like to put them all in New Hampshire, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they hopefully will, will go out and explore and, and enjoy some of the country. Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission would be an awesome place for anybody like you said that but testimonials like i do and you do yep. i've had about six people get placed nationwide that are podcast listeners oh, and they awesome. send me a little note saying your podcast inspired me to continue my journey to take that up and and to be that game warden wherever mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and that's what i came into this for that's a great feeling we back in the uh you know, it's probably going back five or 10 years now. Time flies as we talked earlier as well. We would write articles for our, our agency magazine. Mm. And basically it was, it would capture an officer's, you know, what they did for this month. And, and, you know, I wrote that article one year and I actually have an officer too that, that is in the field now that took the, the test and got interested in the job because they read those articles. Yeah. And that's a good feeling. And it, it's and, a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, And I can't say I ever placed an officer as, as an officer, which I, I tried, but there, Glenn Lucas, has, has he's got some kids in the in it now that he has inspired and had worked with at, through high school and, and actually became game warden. So he's uh, he's pretty excited about that, and yeah. that, that's a good legacy to lead. Oh, it absolutely I, is. And, yeah. You know, like you said, we don't have the numbers, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think we get good quality applicants. Um, anybody that's interested, now's the time. I mean, yeah. it's, it just everybody is just hiring, you know, mm-hmm. continually due to the, the, the retirements, the turnover. Yeah. It's all across the country. Right. Um, you so. know, huge opportunities for minorities, huge op- opportunities for women. Yep. Uh, certainly, I, I see that. And it's just looking at oh, what we have for officers, and everybody wants that diversity right now. Yep. 
So I, yeah. I think it's a there is there hasn't been a better time. Yeah, absolutely. So. Like I said, definitely uh, been 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 very blessed. Yeah, I, I, I just I get to get the smile. You know, like I said, I drive an hour back mm. and forth, and uh, there's just some days I think I still can't believe yeah. after all these years. This and is even when you try retire, you forget all the bad stuff, and you always remember the good stuff. Yep, yep. there's definitely more more good than bad. Mm-hmm. You know, every job has its bumps in the road, so to speak. I think the way our our careers are set up here, the positions. Uh, really the, the flexibility and to be able to work from your home. And, mm. uh, I often think to myself over the Take years, home cruiser. How, how much, how much money did I save on fuel mm-hmm. and, you know, maintenance on vehicles uh, yes. over 20, 25, 30 years. So mm. there's a lot of perks to our yeah. job. You I, recognize that when you get done, I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. Definitely. But it, there's just so many good things, so many great aspects of this job. And I would have, I would have gone anywhere to be able to do this for a living. That's so, great. Yeah. Well, we're going to be taking advantage why I'm down here in Pennsylvania for the Great American Outdoor Show to do some more interviews and uh, highlight Pennsylvania. Very excited about it. It's, it's, it's already been a great trip. So thanks thanks for sitting down yeah, with I me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, Wayne. Thank you. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch.